Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Marijuana production uh, is something that uh, we've been watching ever since, of course, the legalization uh, a few years ago. And it's had its ups and downs. And there was a great deal of excitement, of course, uh, when the operation started. Uh, but they have pivoted uh, to their credit. Uh, to, uh, well, actually, micro-licenses, which seem to be the thing these days, and for a very valid reason, too. Uh, joining us to talk about this is uh, Mitchell Osak, who is the CEO of Quantic Consulting Incorporated. Uh, Mitchell, great to have you back on the show. Thanks for joining us today. I'm pleased. Thank you, Bill. Let's talk a little bit about this. I, I can remember having discussions uh, with uh, folks in the industry in the early days, and we saw all over the place. And I can think of, of well, a couple of them in the Hamilton area, uh, London, uh, up in Collingwood, where we spent a lot of time. This big, huge tracks that said future home of, uh, and it was a company, of course, that was going to get into this. Uh, a lot of those never got built uh, for a whole lot of reasons. Uh, and probably never will be right now because the shift seems to be to micro licenses. In other words, a smaller operation than some of these huge places that uh, that had uh, started up back in the day. What's what's the advantage here? Uh, there are many advantages to the micro license. Uh, one, it's a lot less expensive to build it and secure it versus those massive cathedrals of glass that you've probably seen in Ontario yeah. as well as Alberta and other places. So it's much easier to build it from a capital perspective. It's much easier to run because you require fewer employees. And I would say most importantly, it's much easier to cultivate high quality cannabis because your physical environment is much smaller, it's easier to control, um, you don't have as many variations. So, you know, in general, it's just a better place to grow good quality cannabis. It's, it's like a banquet hall, I guess. You know, it's, it's easier to cook a, a really fabulous meal for two people as opposed to 500 people. Um, you know, I, and I, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you call it a micro license, but it's also a micro operation, uh, which means I guess you can pay a lot more attention to it. And, and uh, it seems to be paying off, and it, uh, there's been a shift in the industry toward these, hasn't there? There absolutely is, and your analogy on a restaurant is bang on. Now, the shift to these is partly a reflection of the the overall market and market trends. Consumers want more craft product, higher quality product that's easier to grow in these facilities. But at the same time, there's a lot less investment capital available today than there were three or four years ago when some of the larger licensed producers were able to build these cathedrals of glass because they were able to raise so much money. That money is not flowing around anymore in a high interest rate environment. There's something strange, I, I, I think fascinatingly strange about this, uh, because there seems to be a societal trend of this. I mean, you're in the biz, you're, you're looking at trends all the time. Uh, and we, we're doing this with, for instance, beer production too. I mean, you know, there, there's the big breweries and they've got the big, huge plants and, and you know, they're, they're doing quite well. But we've really shifted over the last number of years to microbreweries. And I think that's a, a pretty apt analogy with what's happening with the, the cannabis industry, isn't it? Uh, you're two for two. It's a it's a great analogy. Uh, you know, the shift to craft brewery um, has been mirrored in terms of cannabis. It just happened in cannabis much quickly. What we're also seeing are the larger licensed producers of cannabis buying from these small craft producers with micro licenses, and in some cases, exploring trying to buy them. Um, and we've saw, we've seen that with the big brewers buying the small craft producers like Mill Street and and so on and so forth. But to that end, and again, I guess it's because I've heard this from the people that run microbreweries too. Uh, you know, the the, the consumer 
uh, seems to be more interested in and, and paying more attention or prioritizing quality over price. In other words, I, you, you don't want to say, well, hey, I got it, this at a really great price if it's a crappy product. But if it's a high quality product, you don't mind paying a little bit more because you, you get what you pay for and, and with beer, with cannabis, whatever it is we're talking about here. That, that's absolutely true. But I, I want to be clear when I say some consumers, particularly connoisseurs or heavy consumers, have no problem paying a premium for, for craft cannabis, you know, grown in, uh, with a micro license. But for a large number of consumers, and those could be the casual ones, those could be people who have, you know, limited discretionary income, they're still very happy uh, purchasing mainstream cannabis products from large greenhouses. That market has also gotten bigger. Um, and, and those larger greenhouses still supply a vast majority of that market. So in a way, uh, the cannabis mar uh, consumer market is bifurcating between, you know, craft at premium high quality and still there's, there's growth in what's called the value segments of cannabis. Sure. I mean, there still has to be mass production on this too. Uh, but you know, it's, it's a different, you know, different strokes for different folks, I guess, really, you know, depending on what they're yeah. looking for, the fact that they have an option right now, I guess it makes it very important for the consumer, doesn't it? Absolutely. Um, there are problems with these smaller producers uh, and I'll be frank, I've worked with many of them. You have a limited amount of production space. So once it's sold, it's sold. So for a lot of consumers who want to stay loyal to a particular brand, it's very difficult when it comes to craft production because it's not always in stock and it's not always available. And and by the same token, if I love product that's grown in British Columbia, that product has to be accepted by the Ontario Cannabis Store. And they don't always accept, you know, high quality cannabis from other parts of Canada. So accessing product and ensuring product supply is also a challenge. Well, I was fascinated by the story because, as I say, I know there's some some challenges after the initial launch, of course, of of the system, uh, and it looks like the industry is starting to pivot now. And and, and I I think that's all for the good for consumer and for the uh, the growers themselves. Uh, Mitchell, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thanks for spending some time with us this morning. Appreciate it, Bill. Have a great day. You too. Mitchell Osak is with the uh, CEO. Uh, he is the CEO, the big CEO, of course, of Quanta Consulting Incorporated. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.